from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take a listen behind what we teach here at Westside. I said that wrong because normally Ben Fleming does that. This is Evan Orker. Yeah. Uh, ben Fleming is on vacation for his anniversary this week, and we're in studio with Pastor Steve Mickle and Pastor Casey Parnell. Hey, All right, Evan. About time Ben was on vacation instead of you. It's true. It's so. true. I think this is the first week he's missed. So is he in Italy? Uh, no, I think he's in Glendale, Oregon. <laughs> Florence. <laughs> yeah. The Dalles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Somewhere exotic, like the Dalles. Ben, if you're listening, you shouldn't be. It's your anniversary. Get off so, this yeah. podcast, Ben. Yeah. So we had, uh, last week we took off, uh, took a little break, and now we're back. So if you're wondering where we were last week, we were, uh, I don't know where we were. We were doing camps here at the church. Tent City. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You guys look busy, man. It was busy. Yeah, each each year we take uh, a bunch of tents and set them up here on property, and uh, it's crazy. A lot of high schoolers, middle schoolers. I heard like twenty two kids got baptized. Yeah, yeah. that's it's awesome. Probably one of my favorite things about um, the camps, obviously, is when kids meet Jesus. But just the visual of that kind of public expression of their faith getting baptized is always families that. were involved, and it, yeah. I heard it was amazing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I heard they were baptized in ice cream as well. In a previous, yeah, in a much less day. spiritual moment, an ice cream war out on the lawn. So, is that okay to say? I don't know. Steve's a sure. pastor. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. think it. I don't think it matters. Um, I mean, we don't actually baptize people in ice cream. I well, I don't think ice Do cream is mentioned in the Bible. Just the it's lack of refrigeration was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> just deep underground. Um, so if you're, st- if you're still listening, <laughs> by the way, I'm on the podcast today, so you know it's going to get random. It's going to get really random. Uh, Steve, you just delivered a message. Actually, you delivered it a couple weeks ago, but the church just heard it this past weekend, talking about trust in the book of Psalms. Yeah, it was on video. Uh, we um, do this about four times a year or so, um, mostly because we know that so many people are are out there watching uh, online as well as some other venues that we have, so we want to get the church used to video. And uh, it, was, it was great. I preached this message three weeks ago to the staff, and uh, one time, one and done, I usually do four a weekend, and so it was great. I was actually at uh, my son's baseball tournament, his final state summer baseball tournament, and uh, they lost the first two games and were out of it. And uh, so, uh, anyway. By the way, great. if you're a pastor listening, you too can be eating a hot dog at a baseball game and <laughs> preaching at the same time at your church. It's a wonder of technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are getting mad at me right now. We actually had a guy, this is interesting, behind the message, we had a guy uh, um, get pretty upset that I was on video. He called the church office and uh, oh, really? yeah, and heard that, I, that asked why, why I wasn't actually there and then hung up kind of mad. So. Oh, just hung up. Yeah. So uh, it happens. You know, I think people are, aren't used to it yet, and it's not like we're going to do it all the time, but it's really good um, for anybody out there that can uh, do, yeah. do it on video because the, you're going to last longer. I mean, yeah, imagine doing four times every weekend. You know, you 52. multiply that by 30 to 40 times a year that I speak, and it's, it, you know, you start to realize you you only have so much energy over the life of, of, of ministry like that. So it's a blessing for me and for my family. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was with somebody that hadn't been to church before. They were sitting next to me, and they're like, oh, it's on video. That's really interesting. I haven't, they've been to other churches before, but they're not too well acquainted to church. And so, but they were watching, and they were kind of like, oh, video's 
you know, awkward at first. And then all of a sudden they're laughing and engaging and talking back yeah. to you. And they yeah. said, I found myself doing it. It was so <laughs> weird. So it's actually, it's funny how much you watch the screens normally anyways, even when you're there. Yeah. So. They're all, Casey, it's amazing because I'll be st- preaching and I can see, you know, the lights are pretty bright, but I can see out there fairly well. And everybody is looking, especially on the sides uh, of the of our sanctuary, they're looking at the screens. And now even the people in the center section are looking at the screens and it's just awkward because I'm looking at them, but they're not looking at me <laughs> like physically. And it's so funny. And I just realized, yeah, that's just our culture. People are, we're used to the digital uh, frame. Yeah. You know? We're staring at screens probably, you know, 80, 90% of our day, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, One I mean, I was going to ask Steve actually when he speaks live to wear a screen around his <laughs> neck or in front of his face. <laughs> So we didn't even have to. We're so used to screens. So yeah, that's the next. I'm next the creative arts pastor here, idea. so this is yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you should take that to your team, Casey, uh, before we make any Casey, major decisions. Think we should run it by a panel or something. Casey's the creative arts pastor for the next 20 minutes or so, and then at least as long as this podcast is on. Uh, so let's get back to your message a little bit. Uh, actually, at all, we haven't really talked about the message, but uh, trusting God. Uh, I think it's something that we think about, maybe not much. Is God trustworthy? Does he deserve our trust? Um, But what I loved about the message is how you set up kind of this tension of of where society is in our self-reliance, in our I can handle it, I can do it, and kind of... Yeah, it's like we, we... We train our kids from the very young age that one day you're going to move out of my house and be responsible. I mean, the entire thing of parenting is about helping your kids get to that place where they can do life on their own. And then relationship with God is saying, don't do life on your own. You, you got to be able to trust him. You got to do, you got to walk with him because he's, he wants to walk with you. And I think we, we just have this thing in our heads when it comes to everything in our lives, including relationship with God, that we got to do it on our own. And I don't need God until I need God. And we don't see that maybe we actually need him now, um, even before the crisis hits. Hmm. And the the concept of trust, I think to a lot of people, maybe it feels like weakness. Because you think about that reliance on something outside yourself. Um, everything else we learn culturally says the more self-reliant you are, the stronger you are. And so for people who want to be strong, the thought of seeding that part of our lives yeah. over to something outside but of I haven't us, even, I mean, you know? I haven't, I didn't take time in the message to, to reflect with the church about how has this gone for us? Mm-hmm. How has self-reliance worked for us in our culture? Because, okay, I don't ask my dad after I move out of the house, I don't ask him for anything. Is that good? Is that really better for us to, to like, sorry. I don't need you anymore when actually we might, you know what I'm saying? I think that we've just never, we just assume that's the best way to go. And I think it's good for us to take a step back and go, wait, I mean, the the Bible was written in the context of people who stayed together. Families weren't disjointed like they are today. People don't move away. They stayed together. And there was strength in that. I'm not suggesting that we go back to that, but I think in our relationship with God, it's good to see the strength in relationship with rather than moving away from towards some foreign, really some concept that we've created called being responsible, as if dependency is irresponsible. Why do you think we're afraid, Steve, to let our needs be known in our society? It shows weakness. I mean, yeah. for me, I mean, I have a really hard time asking anybody for help, including God, because, I, because it seems to me that it, me just verbalizing I need, fill in the blank, mm-hmm is a sign of weakness. And 
Um, and maybe it is, and is, why is that so bad? If, the, if it actually is, I'm, I'm not even convinced that it is a sign of weakness, but what if it is? Is, it, is that really bad? Because we are dependent on each other and on God for everything. And it's and so I think I think for me, Casey, it's just like we don't want to. Um, we we just feel bad. We yeah. feel bad about ourselves whenever we need something. We got to ask somebody for help. You know, it's funny to think about it from the other side too. Because if I came to you, Steve, and I was like, uh, "Hey, can I borrow your car?" Like, I don't have a car, which is actually a very real situation right now for me. <laughs> so, are you actually asking right no, now I'm on not. this podcast? No, I already asked my dad, so I actually needed something, and he helped me. It's weird, my dad actually helped me and loaned me a car. Uh, but and did he make you feel bad about it? Oh yeah, he guilted me. No, he didn't. No, in fact, he. It's funny that my dad said this, but he's like, "You don't ask for help like ever. Like we we haven't had to help you for 15 years, you know. So us doing this is a joy." And, um, so I'm like, great. Can I borrow this car for like five years? <laughs> um, no, but, uh, well, my dad's the same way. They live uh, in a little ADU, um, behind our house. And, um, and so we see him all the time. And the thing that would give my dad the greatest joy in his entire life right now in this season is if I asked him for help yeah, yeah. without a doubt. And it's, it would be something that would give him life, give him purpose, um, and I, you know, and, and, and instead I'm like, well, I got to do this on my own. Yeah. I got to, I got to, you know, it's my life. I got to support my family. I don't need anybody's help. And, and I, and as a result of that, I think my life is less than it could be yeah. less rich relationally. My grandpa, um, was over helping my dad. He just moved into a new office for his business. And my dad asked him to ha- just hang some shelves. Like not a, not a big deal. I mean, you know took a couple hours or whatever. And at the end of it, um, my grandpa said, thank you so much for letting me do that for you. Cause it's just yeah. this, this kind of cool thing where like when you're needed and asked to do something, uh, it's a thing of honor. Yeah. Know? When the, especially the people you're in relationship with, you know, like yeah. you can see somebody with a sign on the street and they need something and they're vocal about that. And so you can help if you feel led to help, but somebody that you're in, direct relationship with is close to you, then I think of the book of Acts chapter two, they had all things in common. They helped each other. They fed each other. They sold things to help other people that needed that, you know, some people had too much. So they gave to the people that had need. And I really like that idea, but I I think we feel the sense of pride, like like you were saying, Um, but the person on the opposite end doesn't. They're like, usually my experience is they're happy to help unless you're asking every week, for some, you know, it's right, like there's right. a point. I feel like you know it can be oversaturated. So take but. that and what you just said, Casey, and take it to our relationship with God. Do you do we do you ever feel like God gets oversaturated by our requests? Because my feeling is is like oh, I I asked him, I asked him for something yesterday, or I asked him for the same thing that I still need, hmm. and does he get tired of us asking? I. I don't know if he gets tired like we do because he's he's beyond us and he has unlimited energy, I'm assuming. Um, but I think that he'll go about meeting needs in a different way. Like, let's take the kid that um, just can't can't grow up, can't... The, the, a guy's my age, 35, can't, hasn't quite moved out of the house yet, hasn't found a job yet, keeps asking his parents for help. Eventually, the parent's probably going to get tired of that, right? right, right. So they're going to go about how to help maybe in a different way. And sometimes that could seem harsh, but, um, you know, maybe that's, Hey, I got to kick you out for a season. So you learn to, you know, be on your own, but it done in love, it might hurt. It might be painful. It might be hard to process, but it might be a different way that God goes about it than maybe previously how he met your need. 
you know, the first few times. Yeah, and that's really good, Casey. I'm going to talk this weekend about God's goodness, and I'm going to connect that idea of trust and goodness. Can we trust, you know, um, my sometimes my kids, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but sometimes my kids get really mad at me because I say no to things that they want, or I say, well, we're not going to do that, but we're going to do this. And, uh, and, they, and, and, and they have to decide, okay, is dad for me or against mm. me? And, uh, and, and I think we, th- we do that with God a mm. lot as well. And can, and can God be trusted? Because I've found that he does come through, but it's rarely the way that I envisioned him coming through for me. Isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, Evan, how have you felt like? Has it, God does things differently all the time for you than you thought he would, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, I think for me, the challenge is to remember to that I have a part in how God interacts in my life. It's easy yeah. to just assume after a while, like, well, whether I pray for that or not, like God is who he's going to be. He is in my life, how he's going to be. And so I find myself disengaging from that that active asking, that active praying, yeah. uh, because sometimes it feels like it, it won't have that much effect, not because God is not listening, but because God's good, so he's going to do what he's going to do regardless. But that's not what the Bible teaches, right? right. Like, we have an active role in this, um, asking, seeking, knocking, you know? Um, and I forget that. And so for me, I can be like, well, God's going to be good to me no matter what. No, like, yeah. he will, but there is a part that I play. And I think that goes back, Evan, to the dependence, depend, being dependent upon God like a kid is um, in in their home. I mean, we try to kick kids out and God is saying, stay, stay with me. I'm with you. You don't need to move out of the house. I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to walk with you. Um, you can throw all your concerns on me because I care for you. I mean, there's a sense of like fatherhood in a healthy way that doesn't ever have to move to this peer to peer relationship. I mean, we can't anyway. There's, yeah. we're ne- you know, maybe there'll be one day in heaven we'll be a, feel more peer related to God, but I can't even imagine then having that. So we are not ever going to be peers with God. We will always be in a child father, child parent type yeah. of relationship with him. And I know that brings up for a lot of people because they couldn't trust their parents, a lot of potential hurt and confusion and like, man, I don't want to look at God like that. And and the, and yet I think God wants to help us find a, a healthy place of trust in him as our father God, as someone who genuinely cares for us and will be good to us yeah, um, yeah. in ways that maybe we don't see initially, but we know he will be and, and we can trust him in that relationship, but we have to come to him and like, as a kid and go, I just, I can't do this without God. I can't do, I can't do life without him. Yeah. I've been learning recently what, or asking the question to myself, what is God really like instead of what have I projected God to be, you know? Um, And I think that's been important. I think that's why studying the gospels has been huge for me. How does Jesus respond to different things? Cause he says, if you see me, you see the father, right? So um, I know what God's like because I can see in human form, flesh and blood. I can look at Jesus and the testimony of Jesus and the eyewitness and how he responded to God as Father. Yeah. I mean, calling him Abba and the sense of Daddy and the sense of just this intimacy yeah. that he had as a son uh, with the, with the Father, and he and he really uh, helped us to see what we could have. Yeah, with God. Yeah, and sometimes I have this mindset: God is like this, and really, you know, and, and I think. In some ways, God's retraining me in a few different things to say, no, actually, what's true about God is this. My projection of him has actually been inaccurate. 
Um, and so I think that's why, obviously, why we need scripture so we can, you know, let that sift over us and wash over us and, and kind of retrain our thinking. And we're good at bending uh, scripture or cherry picking scripture to fit our current cultural worldview or our just our own perceptions or experiences. But that's not our task. And I think, right. especially as teachers, um, the pressure's on really to let scripture form us and not the other way around. Yeah, theology is the study of God, and I think so often we we forget that what we're actually trying to do is help people know Him, not the, our version of Him. And we got to be careful when we're when we're in the pulpit preaching because it's so easy to just like, well, this is my experience, and that's valid. But then there's we've always got to back that with what does the what does the Scripture say? Because we believe that that's God's revealed. Um, Word of Himself, yeah. and that and that's really why we have the Bible is to sh- help us know Him. I think. So, yeah. what happens when our experience and the Bible contradict? We got to go to the Bible and figure it out because because um, it's so easy. I mean, Jesus said, "Hey, in the end times, there will be false versions of Me." Right. You know, and I think that can come through uh, different kinds of thinking, different kinds of world systems, um, different kinds of, even just different interpretations of morality. And we've got to keep going back to what does God say about himself? And that is the cornerstone. That's the place that we come, that we draw out of. And if my experience doesn't match up with that, it's not it was so easy for us to go, well, well, that was then mm-hmm. this is now God's changed. Uh, no, he actually told, tells us that he does not change. So how do, how do we, you know, navigate understanding who he is? Because that is the basis of trust, right? Is who, who he is. Trust is formed out of relationship, not just a knowledge. It's like, it's birthed out of, I, this is who God says he is. And this is my experience with him. And they line up and there's trust there. Yeah. And naturally, you, you can't trust something that you don't know. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, do you trust your dad? Well, I don't know who my dad is. Well, do you trust him? Well, of course not. You know, yeah. it's our understanding and our closeness in relationship to the Father that allows that safe space of mm-hmm. trust to occur. Without, without the knowledge of God, no trust can exist, I don't think. And what if I get to know God and I find out that he's not trustworthy? I would dare anyone to go after that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, go after that. Get to know him. And if you find out that you can't trust him, I would love to have a conversation because I found, even through all the stuff I've been through, that I can still trust him. Mm. My experience doesn't Mm -hmm. discount my ability to trust in God. uh, You quoted a psalm, and it's really some of David's, I think, most beautiful writing, which I could say about a lot of his stuff, but... Uh, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And then in the end, and I thought of this as we talk about this father-child relationship, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. This isn't some, you know, almighty, powerful, scary God and a subject. This is a father and a child and their relationship. So good. And it's that beckoning invitation to relationship. And, um, and you know, it's funny because when my kids were young, um, they would respond to my invitation to sit on the couch and be on each other's lap and read them a story. Right. Mm -hmm. And as they grow up, guess what happens? 
is, and the, I, I did this too. I still doing this to my dad is that the, the distance begins to form. The separation begins yeah. to happen and the invitation mm-hmm. isn't responded to as well anymore. Now it's through texts and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the, right. and the connection, it's not really happening as well as it was when I was younger or when my kids were younger. And I just go, man, God just, he wants us to stay childlike in his presence and keep responding to that invitation to come up and sit on his lap and let him read a, you know, have him read us a story and just that connection. And I, and I know that sounds like I'm a man, Steve, I'm grown. I'm a grown. <laughs> can I say a grown ass man? I'm not sure I can on this podcast. No, no you can't. We're going to have to believe that. <laughs> believe that. So oh I am a, a grown up and how, I'm not going to respond to God that way. And, 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 and we miss out. We miss out on what we could actually have. He's not going to, to make me become a silly little kid. He's not, that's not what he's asking. He's asking me to approach him as a son to a father um, with some bit of dependency and intimacy. Mm-hmm. And when I, I think about my own daughter, when you talk about that, and uh, at five years old, when she is the most affectionate towards me, there's no sense of embarrassment or like, oh my goodness, you are such a dumb little kid. Of course not. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> right. I mean, those close moments and, and the way she responds to me probably is because she's so young, you know? Um, but man, when that goes away, like you're talking about, I'm going to miss that. Right. And there's no sense of like, oh, well, you'll grow out of this. I, I wish she wouldn't, you know? And I, I don't know. There's, I think we assume that our affection towards God is somehow embarrassing. I just don't think it is. There's a movie coming out. I'm sorry, Casey. There's a movie. Is it Grown Ups 2? I can't remember. It's, it's, and I saw a preview of it where one of the characters, um, is dad is real rough, manly guy, you know, and the other character, um, isn't. And his dad comes in, they full on kiss on the lips. And the, and the, and the one guy is saying, Oh, they haven't seen each other for a long time, but it's like been two weeks. (laughs) And they like full on kiss on the lips. I'm like, What the heck? And then I thought about a friend of mine that I, I met when I was in the mission field and they had, he had that kind of intimacy with his sons and they were grown. I mean, and, and it shocked me. And then, but then reflecting back, I was like, you know, I don't know if I, if I'm comfortable with the amount of intimacy <laughs> with his sons, but I, I was uncomfortable with the lack of it Yeah, in my life. Hudson, this is a message from your dad. <laughs> Next time you see him, a kiss on the lips goes a long way with uh, Pastor Steve. Um, I was thinking too, like the size of your children has changed in terms of sitting on your lap as well. Uh, yeah, so, it, would, it would be very difficult. You know, would, yeah. <laughs> I'm come, becoming the, come my children, yes, sit I'm on my lap. The feeble old man that they, they could, just, I <laughs> they could would, sit on their lap. They would just straight up squash you, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that relationship, I, I describe that the difference as we mature, like because you you have this thread of trust, but obviously it seems like the nature of the father son or father daughter relationship changes. So, but the trust can still be there. That tell talk about that. A little I think bit. the issues are bigger, and I think um, as a, as a little child, everything's a major deal when it's not right. But as you grow into adulthood, the deals actually become big mm-hmm. and, um, and God can carry them. I think that's, yeah. that's for me has been a big difference as I've aged and I've gotten older. The issues that I, that I can bring to God are really heavy. They're really, really heavy and he can hold them yeah. he, and, and he wants to, I mean, he wants to take them. And I think, um, I think that has been the biggest change is that I, I gotta, I gotta bring him all of, all of it everything that's in my life 
he can hold on to it. He can carry it. It reminds me of Proverbs 3, which has kind of been one of my life verses, actually, but it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, whenever I think of trust, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to direct your path. And I think that's just such a great uh, scripture that's that's laid out. But it has some really, like, I can quote that scripture, but when I think about it, uh, trust in the Lord with all my heart. Don't lean on my own understanding. Like, as I get older, that seems to get more difficult. Yeah. Like, when in 2006, we moved back. Um, 2007, we moved back to Bend from the mission field, and we had a house and sisters. And we're on our way back. The economy is still at the top, right? Yeah. Everything's like going, it's just before, and we didn't know, right? We didn't know that around the corner, the economy was going to tank. And on the way home, I felt the Lord say, sell your house. Um, we had, we, I mean, we had that house for uh, 10 years. Equity was built up in it. We were, and we were just thinking it's going to keep climbing. You know, we're going to keep getting yeah. equity. And so Suzanne and I talked about, it, I kept feeling God say, sell it, sell it, sell it. And I, and I didn't, I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him mm. with that. And we kept it because we know more, right? Yeah. And I didn't trust, and I also didn't trust was it God because that's a really tough, that's a really tough deal too. You know, you got to, like, is this really God's voice or not? Right. You know, all of that. And we kept it. And then within months, you guys, it tanked. The economy tanked and we ended up having to short sell that house and we lost all the equity in it. And, um, and it, it, just, it was just a reminder to me that there's nothing too big for God. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And we've got to go to him with that stuff and, and lean not, like you're saying, Casey, on our own understanding. It reminds me to Rob, I think Rob Bell, whatever you think about Rob Bell, but Rob Bell uh, had this uh, analogy. I think it was about a pogo stick and a kid, his kid wanted a pogo stick uh, in the toy store, but he was too young for it. And as a dad, he knew this is going to hurt my son. Even though my son really, 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 really wants this, he's crying on the ground, and he's, I want the pogo stick, Dad. And he's like, I'm your dad. If I, if I give this to you now, this is going to hurt you. And um, I wonder how often God is doing that in my own life or in our lives. Is like, if I give this to you now, even though it might be good later, it might be okay later in the right context when you're safe and you know, older and can handle it. But right now you think you need it, but I know better. So it's, it is that understanding thing. It's like the knowledge that we, we have versus all the knowledge God has. We're going to talk about this, this weekend at the church. Does that mean when God says no to the pogo stick, that he is evil, bad, mean, Mm. unloving. And, uh, and I'm hoping to make the case that it, it actually means that he's good when he says no to us. Yeah. Well, we'll be there to listen, and uh, we'll be back here next week to talk about that message. Uh, Check us out at BehindTheMessage.org anytime to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast, and we'll see you next week.